What's the deal, everybody? Welcome to Street Ball, episode five. I'm your co-host, Don. I'm your co-host, Isaac. And we got a lot of good content to talk about today. Um, obviously, we're going to go over our program stuff like we usually do. Uh, highlighting the high school camp. Uh, but obviously, the main event, King of the Court, week five. It was a doozy. Me and Isaac were actually there in person. So that was a different experience. It was crazy. It was, it was a cool experience. But we'll, we'll get to that. Um, but first off, everybody who just joined the show, click the start to follow and make sure to share the broadcast. Click the diamond to drop props and support the culture. Now, first things first, I got to give props to my guy, DT, Dale and Terry, 18th pick of the NBA draft this past season, uh, Chicago Bulls, dropped 56 points in the crossover league in Seattle. Now, like anybody that knows Dale and Terry knows that like, Dalen is a great player, but scoring is probably like the fourth or fifth best thing this guy does. So for him to go drop 56 points, Isaac, how impressive is this feat for Dalen Terry? Super impressive, bro. Like, DT's always been the type of player. Um, he's more of like a glue guy, like a Draymond Green. We, we talked about it, Draymond Green type of player who does things to help his team win. He's not really a primary scorer, but mm-hmm. sure. He's proven right here that he's capable of doing so. I mean, I've seen him with Compton Magic. I've seen him hit middies, hit three balls, and get to the cup. He's capable yeah. of doing it, and I think uh, I think he's going to be able to show what he could really do once once he gets comfy in the with the Chicago Bulls. You know what, man? I, I'm I'm going to uh, echo kind of what you said. Big accomplishment considering his skill set. DT for people who don't know. Averaged about eight points a game at Arizona this year um, on one of the best teams in the country. So he his his impact goes way beyond the stat sheet. So for him to be able to put his head down and do this, it's crazy. It just shows like he's been working. He's been in his bag, and it, it begs a question uh, further. Um, maybe not this year, but do you feel like DT is? Um, capable of doing this on the NBA stage at all? Do you think he's capable of scoring 56 points? Hey, 56 points is a lot of points to score, but I think DT is capable of doing so. It might be, how many games are there in the NBA? 82. It's a long, yeah. it's a long, it's a long season, bro. You never know. It could be a game where DT's feeling real comfy out there. The long game, he might cut my field. Hoop might feel way bigger to him one day, and he, he might go, go for fifty six, bro. You never know. I think he's. I think he could do it. I man, I, I'll tell you this. I'm not saying he's not capable, but it, I I would I would uh, I would counter that by saying that DT. I don't even know if DT would even take the the amount of shots it took to score fifty six points in a game. Because, like you said, DT is a pass first point guard type player. Uh, more of a glue guy. Um, it, it's kind of like he's like he's like the guard version of Draymond Green. Draymond probably takes ten shots a game max. You know what I mean? Right. And I, I think I think Dalen Terry's like not. I think Draymond passed up a lot of open shots. I don't think Dalen ever be that way. But I just don't think that Dalen would even be in the position to score that many points because of you know his style of play and the people he plays around. Right now he plays. He's going to be playing with DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, um, uh, Alex Caruso, Lonzo Ball, like guys that, you know, I feel like are more better primary scorers than him. So 
or maybe but you're right it might be on an off night where all those guys are sitting out or something like that you never know um but this brings me to my next point or my question we're we're almost wrapping up the summer uh with all the pro-ams and we've talked about a lot of impressive scoring outputs what which one out of all these this summer impressed you the most Honestly, the most impressive to me was um, Jello Ball's 52 points in the Drew League. Because I feel like Jello Ball has always been overlooked, bro. And I've seen Jello Ball spaz out at the Battle Zone in Corona at Centennial. He went for spaz seven. Out, spaz, spaz out on you. On, no, not on me. Rancho <laughs> Christian. I, I was graduated by then, but that's when they played Evan and Isaiah. Mm-hmm. 70 six i think it was was not missing yeah. shooting from my court i've seen him play in the summer league i think he has an nba jumper but yeah i know i know people talk about his his you know him being kind of undersized for what he does he's a strong player he kind of posts up goes for layups uh leaps but I, jello balls hey i think jello ball is a good player i think jello ball is a good player too um always been seeing him play since he was younger uh, obviously not on the level of his brothers, but most definitely uh, that was very impressive. He's he scores in a different way, right? It's not layups like the he's he shoots from way beyond the arc, and for him to score that many points and get that high is pretty impressive. But I'm actually going to cheat right here and do two. I'm gonna have I have a main one and an honorable mention. We're gonna talk okay. about this guy later. Um, he's he's uh, he's represented for the little guards. Um, I'm going to I'm I'm going to say Trey Holder 63 at the Drew League. Uh Trey Holder uh LA staple, Brentwood alum, uh Arizona State alum, one of the small guards, you know, he just he plays with a chip on his shoulder and for him to explode for 63 points, especially given the guys that he has on his team like Frank Nitty and Montrez Harrell, uh that makes it even more impressive to me. Um but my honorable mention I got to shout out Mike James. Mike James, 38 points in the Portland Pro-Am in the afternoon, then a triple-double in the crossover league on the same day against Trey Young, uh, DeJounte Murray, and uh, John Collins. Like, who does that? Yeah, no, you, you, you took the car ride three hours and still went for a triple-double after scoring 40 early in the day like against three pros bro like that's that there's nothing more impressive than that to me so shout out to mike james you're you're a super pro um all right speaking of drew league though we uh we talked about winding down this week uh you know venice venice league has their final four this weekend but we also have the drew league final four and we got four really good teams facing off this weekend we got in the first semifinal. Nationwide Soldiers, who me and Isaac saw play uh, live a few weeks ago, um, number one seed, and they got they have a uh, they have former college standouts Xavier Allen and uh, Marcus Williams and a ton of other guys that that have started in college recently um, versus hometown favorites who have DeAnthony Melton, DeLon Wright, and also uh, also have had uh, celebrity show ups like Norman Powell, and then we got. In the other semi, we got number three, Black Pro Elite, with our guy last year, last week's team of the court champ, Deion Wright. And they just have a, a set of, uh, you know, blue-collar, underrated guys. And they're here for that reason against Public Enemy with 
man, quite frankly, a stack lineup with Frank Mindy, Montrez Harrell, and Mr. 63, Trey Holder. So, mm. with all that being said. A lot of heat. A lot of heat, bro. And it's really going to be a toss-up. But based on what you know, Isaac, who do you think is going to come away with the Drew League crown this year? Hey, man. Frank Nitty is the guy. I'm a, I'm I'm going with public enemies. I think they're going to take it home. And he has Montrez Harrell, bro. He could throw he could throw it anywhere he needs by the basket. That's a dunk. Uh, you know, and I think Montrez is playing with a chip on his shoulder. Uh, people don't know as you know, he got in trouble this summer and he's still he's still trying to get a contract. Um, you know, he, it seems like he's playing his hard out out there. Um, that's going to be a hard team to beat. But I'm going to go contrast and take the dark horse here with Black Pill Elite. Obviously, they had Ethan Alvano, who since went overseas. Um, Deion Wright, who, you know, uh, we all saw he put his he put his skills on display, King of the Court, week four. And he King, um, he's I, I feel like everybody on that team embodies what he embodies. He's blue collar by any means necessary. We're going to get this W. They got a ton of guys that play on their team that used to play D2 or things like that. And I just think that they're going to be playing the hardest out of everyone. And when you're playing harder than everybody, I feel like you always have a chance to come out on top, no matter what. Oh, yeah, that's fair. I mean, most of these dudes don't guard anyway. If you're playing hard deep hard on defense, playing hard out there, you're for sure going to have a chance to win, bro. No question. But, like, you know, I, I don't want to discount the other teams. Like, uh, Nationwide Soldiers, we saw them. It was clear that they were in cruise control mode. They had already locked up the number one seed on their side of the bracket. And hometown favorites, bro, hometown favorites is a staple in the Drew League. And DeAnthony Melton, DeAnthony Melton is a stud, bro. Like, and he's one of those guys in the league that, you know, he's a heart and soul. He's He could do everything, but he plays his heart out. So I can't discount them either, but I'm going to go with Black Pearl Elite on this one. So we'll we'll go back, and hopefully me and Isaac can actually attend that game this weekend. We'll see. But brings me to my next point. You talked about public enemy winning, winning it all to Julie. So with all that being said, Frank Nitty. Frank Nitty wins. Um, I'm not exactly how many championships he's won, but he's a three-time Drew League MVP. If he wins this Drew League cha- title, can he be, be considered the GOAT of the Drew League? Hey, yes. He, he's If he wins this title this year, bro, what is he, a four-time MVP? And Three. Three-time? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean... Every time I hear about Drew League, I hear about Frank Nitty, bro. Like, every time. I think he could get goaded after this. If he wins this, he could be the one that's goaded, bro. He might be the goaded Drew League legend. I I don't I don't want to offend anyone when I'm bringing this up because I, I wouldn't call myself the Drew League expert or on the history of the Drew League. I know there's been tons of pros and, and mainstays in the Drew League, LA legends that have played. Um, but I, I guess I have some recency bias. But when you talk about his accomplishments as a player, but also his impact and um, his uh, his his impact on the Drew, um, helping put it on a nationwide stage, possibly global, the way the way that he came in and his story. You know, he he was a Division One basketball player. 
came back and was selling phones at T-Mobile to, to keep the lights on. And then all overnight became this, this, um, this, uh, this, this internet phenomenon and just put the league on the map on a different level. I think you have to take in consideration when um, you're talking about GOAT status, not just how good they play, but also their overall impact on the game, which I think Frank Nitty embodies that. Um, so I can't definitively call him the GOAT because I don't, I'm, I don't have a thorough understanding of the history of the Drew League, but I, I, I'm almost for sure if he wins this title, he'll be in the conversation. Absolutely. No, no doubt. Like, I haven't seen him play in person until this past year, but the way he plays out there, he's always attacking that defender's hip. He's a threat. He's a threat offensively. So he's a perfect player for the Drew. And having Montrez Harrell on his team, he's attacking that first defender. He's getting past that hip. He's quick. He's really fast. So he's getting past that first defender every time. And then you got the help defense coming. He's he's smart enough to make a move off that first uh, that first attack. I think he's he's goaded, bro. I, I think. Oh, sorry. I I think that um, I think that he plays the game in a way that just translates everywhere. Like me and you were at the park takeover. And I was just really impressed about how, like, you know, he just talks his teammates through the game and he plays his heart out every play. You know what I mean? And that translates in, in any fashion. He can score. Um, he can get a bucket whenever. Um, and he, he plays He plays 94 feet of defense, bro. He's he's a dog. So, um, I mean, I, I, won't, I, I think Black Pro Elite might pull it out, but, like, that would be a cool conversation if Nitty wins another title. Um Moving into more of the of the younger kids, um, this weekend at Open Gym Premier in Anaheim, we have the EBC High School Camp. Uh, August, it's uh, all some of the top kids in the area. Um, it's going to be a really good camp. If you're if you're in the area, stop by and come say what's up. Me and Isaac will be there. Um, but I wanted to tackle uh, a few aspects of the camp. First and foremost. We have a slam dunk contest. Um, and also, one, one thing that's really on brand with us is we have a king of the court competition where every kid in the camp gets a chance to go for the king of the court crown. Now, first off, we're taking picks. Who do you think is going to come out on top for the slam dunk contest? We got Zaire Beverly. We got Marcus Adams. We got, uh, I think we're, uh, that's just to name a few. But we're gonna have some really good slam dunk competitions. Also, Solo Bailey, who won the Balls Life Junior All American Camp Dunk Contest last year, and he just won the Made Hoops Dunk Contest. So, who do you think is gonna win that championship? These man, I've seen Zaire, Beverly, jump. I've seen Solo. It's between those two, man. That's gonna be a grudge match. Them two could come out with some different type of dunks that you ain't never seen before. So I, I don't know. It's gonna be up in the air, but. With this one, I think I think Solo might come in and grab it because Zaire's a 6'8", lengthy guard. Solo's, what, like 6'3", not as yeah. tall, but as yeah. length. So I feel like when you watch people who, who don't have as much height jump above the rim and play high above the rim and dunk, it's it's crazy. It's dope. So I, I'll give it to Solo, man. I think Solo's going to take it. I think Solo probably come out on top too, but I think that our dunkers this weekend, 
have so much, like everybody has bounce. I think it's going to come down to creativity. Um, Solo just goes out there in most cases and just shows how high he can jump and be, he doesn't have to get in his bag and do like, he doesn't need Spay and that's it. You know, and everybody's like, man, his head was at the rim. But Zaire, Zaire is stupid bounce. Not to mention like the other guys that, that might end up being in this dunk contest. We got, we got some of the best in SoCal coming into the building this weekend. Um, but I think, I think the better question is who's going to win king of the court because you have different aspects. You have to start with your team on your court. You have to, you have to advance in that way, top five, and move on to the next court, so on and so forth. You, you know the slew of talent at our camp. Who do you think is going to come out on top with that? Well, I mean, this is year one of high school EBC camp, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I'm curious to see. These are the big boys. These are the high school. This is an older age group. Like, I want to mm-hmm. see how they battle it out. It might get real aggressive out there. We got it. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, there's a lot of players out there, too, that are really good. It depends on who comes with their A game. But I'm going to bring them up again. Zaire Beverly, 6'8", wing who could do it all, put it on the floor. He just started playing basketball two years ago. And he's really skilled and could move like an NBA player. Coach and, Coach Rock from ICANN said he reminds him of a young Paul George, which is – that's like one of the biggest compliments you can receive out here. No, yeah, I'm, I'm a Zaire. I'm coming in that gym knowing Zaire is going to cook everybody because that's – I'm a believer. I think he'll be a one uh, king of the court uh, camp. I think he's going to run everybody for their money. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't think I, – I love Zaire, and he's a great kid. But with that being said, you you have three dribble limit, just like our king of the court competitions. His bag is a little raw. So it depends – I think it depends on who he matches up against. Uh, I think Darius Carr is a good uh, pick because um, he's aggressive. He's going to get to the rim, and he can, he's, he's an acrobatic finisher, adequate shooter, so he can get in rhythm and, and reel off a few. Um, but also, like, um, I'm gonna go with my guy AI right now, right? AI has some ones, boy. And hopefully, next week after after the win, we can get one of those guys on the show. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, hey, Dama, let let them know, like, what, what other players are out here coming pulling up to EBC camp that nobody really knows about? Who should we be looking out for? Well, look, man, we got Xavier Edmonds who has all the West Coast offers, we have uh. We have uh, Zaire Beverly, obviously. We got uh, Kelsey Phipps. Um, we also have uh, some of the young bucks like Aaron Glass. We got uh, Tyrone Riley, West Coast Elite, who's getting all these offers right now as well. Um, we have a slew of guys, and we also have a dark horse guy who a lot of you guys don't know about yet, Marcus right. Adams Jr. Marcus Adams Jr. Yeah. From, from L.A., who, who's going to take L.A. by storm this year. Just, just you watch it, guys. Like, just, just be ready for that. Marcus, my, I haven't really seen Marcus with his dunk package, but he might be a dark horse in that slam dunk contest too. Yeah, I forgot about Marcus. You can't forget about Mark. Well, you're just like the rest. You're just like the rest of LA, bro. Nobody, everybody, nobody knows about him, right? Yeah, I I might have to go back on my word about Zaire. I love Zaire, but Marcus has a bag too, boy, and he's a big body. That's a big body guard. All right, all right. All right, let's move on to the main event, okay? First and foremost, week five, king of the court. You got Trevor Dunbar versus Iso Hove versus Hezzy Guy, okay? Let's go back to week 
week four. Yeah. We about this. Who did I say was going to come in and do the do? You said has got. And, and, you know, I, I thought, I thought for, for a little, for a little bit, you're, you're, you're a groupie gang right there, you know, <laughs> being a groupie, male groupie, but, um, you know, has he got the safe pick at any ones, especially guys who are comparable to him. So, um, just as a side note, me and Isaac actually got out there on the ones as well. Uh, you guys can see that on our TikToks, um, and, uh, Instagrams, but, uh, the lost tapes, I gave Isaac like five in a row after they stopped filming. Um, and we didn't keep score, but I got a W. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Sounds good. Sounds and great. we and and there and there is definitely uh witnesses. Absolutely. Uh <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. Hey, but let's let's, let's, let's I won the one v one. I told you I said that. last point, last score, last bucket wins. And what I do, got a bucket. After I was up like twelve to five. That, that, it, don't that's matter, though. it don't matter, I called it. That's cap. Let's cap, whatever. Uh, but let's let's move forward. Uh, just just to summarize what happened this week, uh, yeah. he- God came away with the victory in controversial fashion, and we'll talk about it. Game one, uh, Trevor Dunbar uh, went, came out to a really big lead to start. Um, I feel like fatigue played a factor in this though, because it, it seemed like Trevor was winding down as the game went on. As you can see, he hit a slew of tough shots, and uh, Hezzy just. Continued to chip away, got key stops, and the game was um, the game was eleven to eleven. Um, and as you guys know, in King of the Court, if you foul twice in a row, uh, the the other man gets to go to the free throw line. Hezzy got fouled for a second time and made the and one, and actually won this game on a free throw. Uh, now, uh, Isaac, how do you, we're we're gonna talk about this more? But like, did you feel like uh, that was a that was a um, the appropriate way to end this game? Um, I mean, it's tough, man, but hey, if he got fouled, he got fouled. That, that's what it is. But I, I would rather much see a bucket than a free throw to win the game, you know, because it was a close game. It was a great game. I, I wanted to see something that was exciting. I mean, Hezzy was turned up after the game. If you guys were with us and would have seen what was going on, what was going on behind the scenes, it was pretty funny, man. That was, that was dope. But, uh, yeah, I think it is what it is, man. It's five thousand. How much on the line? Twenty five. Twenty five hundred. Twenty five hundred, yeah. man. It is what it is. Hey, you can't foul. Hey, man. What oh, the rules that are? Pays, you got to pay attention. That pays some good bills too. Uh, but moving on to the second game, we had Iso Ho versus Trevor Dunbar, and you could tell early on that Trevor was feeling the fatigue from the game before, um, and. You know, ISO just showed his bag right here. You see the jumpers right here. Uh, the first play, he didn't make it, but he put a nasty triple dribble move on him and, and got the shot off, but it was a foul. Um, this game was pretty clear cut from the jump. Um, even though Trevor gave a valiant effort, it, you could tell he started he started uh, um, resorting to long jumpers instead of his uh, getting to his bag with his dribbles. Um, it was clear that Iso Hove was in control from the jump right here, right, Isaac? Yeah, no doubt. Iso Hove, that's the first time I've seen him play, bro. He's a good player. You got a package to him. And he's pretty lengthy. He was he was he was bigger than uh Hezzy and uh Dunbar, but For sure. Yeah, it was a good game, bro. He definitely got into his bag and he just he took control from the jump and just kept control and finished it off. But you know, valiant effort to Trevor Dunbar. 
talked to him afterward. He said he hadn't really played real against real guys in a long time. And what, what this did give him is a confidence that he could still play with the best. And I told him, man, you get in good shape, man. I, I can't see many guys messing no. with you with his dribble package, his his jumper, you name it. No, when he started, the step backs he was hitting, the moves he was busting, I was like, okay, he's like that. But like you said, the sure. he kicked in. Absolutely. Now, game three for all the marbles, we got Iso Hove versus Hezzy God. And this one was really heated. Um, a lot of fouls, maybe calls and no calls, but it was really uh, it was a really physical game, as you could see in the highlights. A lot of bickering at the refs. Uh, and, um, you know, Hezzy, it was going back and forth basically for the end. But at the end, Hezzy started to create some space and separation. And he ended up coming away with the win and the $2,500 check. Yeah, <laughs> he did that, bro. He did that. Hezzy, Hezzy was really in their heads, bro, because every time he did something, he was just staring into their souls. He was a dog, a real dog. Hey, I give Hezzy his respect, man. He's a dog. I've guarded him before. You know what happened. But yeah. everybody knows what happens. We talk about it every show. <laughs> He can play though. Bro. He, play. He, has, he has game, and he's a strong player. Like he's, he's he's strong. Right, no question. And he just plays with his fire. And me and Isaac were scorekeeping. We we're on the sideline, and you could tell, like, like every time he scored, he kind of looked at us sometimes, like I do this now. Um, and you know, in 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 hezzy fashion, he's talking his mess. He even put his foot yeah, on the check. <laughs> And that was some of the most. That was probably the most baller thing I've seen in a long time. Bro. King he, Kong. It, he did the King yeah. Kong. And I, like, I want to just point out for the guys who you know aren't in shape. I, I would find it really impressive that Hezzy's probably not in great shape and still outlasted the other guys who I felt like were in better shape than him. He's um, really impressive feat on all ends from Hezzy. Now, um, before we keep going, make sure we shout out the caffeine app. Uh, click the star to follow and make sure to share the broadcast. Click the di- click the diamond to drop props and share support the culture. Now, the two things that 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 stood out to me in this one v one king of the court was this new strategy that everybody was was using. Um, take uh, up until now, I hadn't seen it very often, but there was a lot of shifting of where the ball was being caught um, on the wings, left or right, you name it. Trevor Dunbar started it, and I feel like throughout the competition guys were changing where they were catching it, whether it was at the top. But I feel like a lot of guys took most of their catches from the wing, which we hadn't seen yet. Um, what do you think about that strategy? Do you think it's a good one? Um, personally, offensively, I think it's a great strategy because defensively you got to adjust. I mean, if you're an offensive player, you, you know how to get to the line. I mean, also, though, as a defender, if – if the offensive player has one way to go, if you're on the right side, you got that right lane, like you're going to guard that. But I, I don't know, man, it's tough. It's just kind of like you got to adjust on the fly. You got to make sure you know where you are on the court and you got to play. You got to be you got to be prepared defensively. But I think it's more tough on the defense. I personally like it because I think it's more realistic. Um, you know, in the confines of any basketball game, whether it's whether it's pickup or um, you know getting getting your getting the ball within the offense, like you're catching it on the wing most of the time. Like so, it's I think it's more game realistic 
And I feel like it's more comfortable for the players rather than the top because the top is like, as much as it's like the center of the court, I feel like it's less utilized than the, than the wings. So I feel like it's more comfortable for the offensive and the defensive player to be playing in that type of environment. So I feel like it was a really good strategy. I feel like it was interesting how much they utilize it too. And even flip-flopping from wing to wing, like like Trevor Dunbar went side to side depending on what he was feeling like. Same with the other guys. So I thought that was really impressive. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm used to playing 1v1s. We'll change sides, but it'll be, okay, we'll go up to seven. Yeah. We move on to the next spot. But on the fly like that, that's kind of tough, man. That's tough. It, also, it puts them straight on the defense too because it's mental. Like, damn, I got to – Man, we got why are we moving? Why are we moving? Like I, I'm tired. Like like we should be at the top. So right, right. I, I, it's a great offensive strategy, and I feel like Hezzy really took advantage of it, especially as the game went on. Uh, if if you were playing in those ones, where would you would you move around a lot? How would you? It, it depends, man. Because I like the left wing the best, but you know I think there's advantages to being on all of them, but. To move constantly and consistently, I feel like it's a mental game with the defense. So it's like it's a good thing. Um, I want to touch on this not too much because I don't want to take away from the win, but I feel like there's three controversial calls in this one in this king of the court that all went Hezzy's way. And we we've been talking about it since since the game ended yesterday. Um, for people who don't didn't watch, um, we had a we had a play which was similar to uh, the play between Dion Wright and uh, and um, um, Uncle Scoob the week before, where Uncle Scoob hit the ball out of Dion's hand and he took a fourth dribble and laid it up, but they didn't count it. I feel like this week, has he had a play where he went to the basket? In my opinion, he was going up uh, after a second dribble, but they even went to the film and um, they said that he just the that Trevor Dunbar hit it out of his hand and he ended up uh, kitchen it back and going for the layup with the score counted. And then the second one was, obviously we just talked about it. Um, this one I want to touch on the ending the game on a free throw after an and one. I thought that was tough. I mean, if you get an and one, I feel like personally you should not get to get that free throw, especially if it's game point. I feel like at any point in king of the court, you should have to win on a bucket, bro, especially with money on the line. That's my opinion. That's fair, but also the rules were set before that, before everything. So you got to make sure if you already got that one foul, you better play defense smart. You can't get another foul and then lose on a bucket. Like You got to just play that smart. Well, I'm proposing this right now, moving forward, king of the court. To win the game, it has to be an actual bucket. <laughs> No matter I like what it is, I agree with you. But at the same time, you gotta don't hack, bro. Don't hack. No, no question. Play. But but that's up to the ref. Like you know what I mean? Like I, the referee. At the end of the day, you know these players are gonna take advantage of like what? Who was it that was fouling before? We talked about this. Who was fouling before and just seeing if the they were hitting his elbow? Uncle School. Uncle School. Yeah. But but the at the and and big chance. But what I'm saying is is like. That's up to the discretion of the ref. These games are really, they're really, um, they're really physical. You know what I mean? So you can't like just say don't hack because the offensive player is throwing his arm out just as much as the guy's using his body, right? Like I just, I just don't agree with that. But I, I understand what you're saying. But um, I just, I think we should end the bucket, bro. 
Especially if I, if I if I was out there, I'd be sick if I oh, lost my twenty five hundred bucks and I couldn't even guard the guy, bro. I'm just saying, like I know Trevor was sick on that, bro. You know what I mean? But I mean, hey man, you got another rules. You better be careful. Don't get that second foul. Then you're gonna blow the game off. You're gonna blow your five racks off because you fouled. So play smart. But no I mean, it's tough, man. As a ref, it's it's a tough game to call. And you, it's tough. You, I, if I was refing that that one v one, I would just let them go at it. it. It would be bad news bears, man. I just want a little more consistency. That's all. Because sometimes they're calling off with the fouls and people threw at their elbow. Sometimes they're calling uh, shooting fouls, and then like something they let go. I just I, I I always want from the referees. The referees are never going to be perfect. They're human, but just be consistent with how you call the game. That's all. That's fair. But. You know we're running we're running a little short on time, so we're gonna we're gonna move on to our favorite segment of the week, my favorite segment of the week, street ball clip of the week, and I have something that's hysterical but also disrespectful at the same time. Um, <laughs> you already know uh, we got virtual reality street ball, and as you can see, this man slaps the dude and then dunks on him, and then proceeds to break his ankles and then come back. Slap him again and then go and jump. Now, bro, I don't care if this is virtual reality, if this is in the park outside my house, if this is if this is at OGP, I don't care. I'm not tolerating disrespect. I'm I'm looking up the IP address, I'm going to this man's house and I'm confronting him. I don't care, bro. How disrespectful is it to get slapped in virtual reality, bro? Oh, no, it's virtual. But it's reality. That's you, go to the vir- you go to the virtual reality park, you're trying to play a good game of ones, and then a man comes and chooses violence and slaps you and thinks that he's not gonna uh he's not gonna face the repercussions of him slapping my face. If you slap me in real life, it's on site, and if you slap me in virtual reality, it's on site. Plain and simple. That's that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever played virtual reality? Have you ever played? <laughs> I played I played some shooting games. Me and you did that. Remember our Christmas? Oh, yeah, okay, you were with me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Virtual that was dope. But like virtuality basketball gotta be difficult. You saw an old boy was down seven to nothing. That was probably a little kid in Kansas or something that was just trying to have some fun at home. And he ran and he started crying to his parents because somebody slapped him at the virtuality park, dog. That's not cool. Whoever you are, if you ever did that to me, I'ma need your hands. I'm just be reality. I'm just be real with you. Whoever you are, you're a sicko. <laughs> Major sicko. <laughs> All right, come on, man. Let's go to my clip, man. How about my clip, man? That boy, David Terry. Oh! Who got scooped? He tweeted about that, too. He said that. In person, Doc, who is this guy that jumped? I want to talk to this guy. Like, what were you thinking? Oh, like, yeah. Doc, do you know who that is? Yeah. Kenya Martin Jr. Yeah, you're bouncy. Do you know who hey, Coffee his, was? And was above <laughs> the, uh, uh, the 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 back the the, the square. Doc, oh gosh, Doc, hey, you're there's at- nothing about that anybody could jump for that you're not you're not blocking that you're at rico hines runs you know what it is there's pros everywhere some things you just need to let go 
<laughs> like, if you turn, if somebody it's, throws it over your head, you might as well just chalk it up, dog. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not catching that. <laughs> yeah, that's sick. I like, bro, are you jumping? I'm jumping. <laughs> jumping. I don't care. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm jumping as high as I can. Of course, you're gonna jump. Sure. You know, I'm like this. <sighs> Here, because you, you're, 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 your pride is the devil, man. Hey, just let your pride to the side. Just be like, hey, man, this man got a 50 inch vert, dog. I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I, I get done going. I'm, I'll take it to the chin. I'll play defense right again. I'll jump again the next time. Just go get this bucket on the other side, too. That's fair. <laughs> all right. All right. Hey, um, you know, last five minutes of the show, we didn't get to this last week, but. Now we're going to open the floor up for questions for anybody that has any questions for me and Isaac. Hit us with it. I'm ready. Yes, to answer your question. Oh. Ooh, that's a great question. Wow. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, for me, it's there's a lot of talented NBA player sons out there. Um, there's a lot of them remains to be seen. You've seen Bronny. Uh, you've seen um, Dewan Wagner Jr., uh, you name it, man. There's uh, Andre Stoyakovich. Wow. Uh, bro, there's so many guys out there that, that have a chance. Um, I think that – I'm not being biased here, but I think, I think Andre, his skill set probably translates the best out of all of them. Um, and he's, he has the ability to be a superstar um, scorer at any level. Um, I've seen him up close. Like, he can score on anybody. Uh, you got him in a pickle. He can pump fake and shoot over people. He's 6'7". Y-frame can shoot, can dunk, score at all three levels. I think Dre has the best chance of being the best. Um, he has a really good chance of being the best NBA player son. And for people who don't know, his dad, Pedro Stojakovic, uh, Sacramento Kings legend. Um, and he, he took off this year. I went from on rake to top 25 in the country, so... I think Andre Shockovich. Yeah, that's a good one, man. Hey, you know who I'm going with? No, you don't, actually. I'm going to <laughs> Bronny James. Bronny? Watch Bronny come in and do something special. I done heard from some people that train him that he has a major package that people are not aware of. Not he plays aware. really conservatively, but, yeah, I can see it a little bit. He could bring that He could bring that out. He got that athleticism. But don't let Bryce come in because his, his, the younger son – it's six six already. Don't let him come in and just turn the corner one day and be. Hey man, I'm I'm I'm, kids. I'm a rebuttal with you and say I'm gonna go with the uh, I'm gonna go with the percentages and history and usually guys who are the go to their generation their kids don't end up living up to that that type of stature. You know what I mean? So I, I would say Bronny has a good chance and Bryce has a lot of growth to do because he's growing, but he's not athletic yet. I think they do have a chance because they've been around the game and stuff, but history says that they won't be. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I see. I see. I mean, I believe though. So. I, I Shoot. I hope so. I, I love how they play. I love them. Right. 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 All right any more questions? Oh, Isaac, you want to take this one first? Yeah. I want to see Hezzy, Wide Iverson, 
Actually, no, 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 no. I want to see Frank, Caesar, and who else did I throw in there? And Hezzy. Frank, Caesar, and Hezzy? Nitty, Caesar Guerrero, and Hezzy got. I think that would be a dope matchup to watch. I would like to see. Um, who do you think is taking that, Dama? Um, shoot. I think I think Frank is a little bigger than them and and can do a little can play both sides of the ball right pretty now, well. Caesar? They're bro, about he's, a little, he's a little taller than Caesar, bro. Okay, like maybe half an inch, an inch. And he and he plays both sides of the ball. And you know, hypothetically speaking, there's twenty five hundred dollars to five thousand dollars on the line. I'm taking Nitty just because of his ability to play defense the way he does. So I'm taking that's a really that's a really good lineup. I, I want to see Caesar play too. Um, these this is a little selfish. Um, I want to see Caesar and an in shape Trevor Dunbar versus somebody who's not in the balls like team, the professor. Ooh. <laughs> and I think I don't know. I, I they all can play. Um, I think that uh, I think Caesar are I think Caesar might come out with that one. But I, that's that's my dream three. Street ball players. I like that. I love it. Any more questions, y'all? You guys got any other things you guys want to ask? Ooh. Ooh. Man, come on now. We already know what's bro, Steph Curry coming back. He coming back. La- I'm a Laker fan. We're not winning it. We 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 we, we be asking. You got no confidence? No, absolutely not. I, I love my team, but I'm just being real. I'm a realist. Um and if we do, I'll shut up. I'll shut up, and I'll be at that parade running around with my shirt off. I don't care. And I'll say I, I was wrong. Was that? You must not be a real Laker fan. You're supposed to cap, no matter what. I'm a, bas- I'm a basketball fan, and I can't. I can't be biased out here. I can't be biased out here. That's fair. I, I can't let my word get tainted because the Lakers can't can't put a good team together. Uh, but then um, I think our dark horse, the Boston Celtics, acquired. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon this this summer, and if they stay intact, I think that they're a favorite to win the title next year, uh, with the NBA Finals experience that they got that they gained this year as well. Hey, I don't know, man. The Hawks are looking kind of scary too. I've been obviously I pay attention more because I owe. But are they going to play defense though? That's the question. Do, but if they do though, O can't block everybody's shot. O can't block everybody's shot, bro. <laughs> Defense, defense, bro. So that's your dark horse. That's your dark horse pick. Yeah, I say so. And the Suns too. Don't don't. There's a lot of heat. The NBA has a lot of talent, bro. I don't know. It's gonna be. It's gonna gonna be a dog fight. It's gonna be a dog fight. I think it's gonna be hard for the Warriors to repeat, given their age too. It's gonna be tough. Don't let the Cavs do something. I don't know if the Cavs are are experienced enough to make that type of run, but I'm picking the Celtics. That's me. Like as a basketball fan, and I hate the Celtics as a Laker fan. But yeah, I'm going Clippers. They got John Wall now. I don't believe in the Clippers, dog. <laughs> Never. They got a curse. I don't know what it is. What the Clippers got to prove me wrong. I'm not. I'm not doing the Clippers. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Any more questions? Any more questions? Ooh, that's easy. Lakers. Lakers. Just like Lakers. That. Celtics Lakers. got Larry Bird. Celtics got Larry Bird. Bro, I'm talking about longevity. The Celtics won all their titles for the most part in an era where there's like 10 teams in the league. And then 
Um, the Lakers won five in that era. And then we've we've gotten all most of our titles in the modern era where the league has been more competitive, more teams. We've had, I mean, off the top of my head, I can't think of it, but I, I think we've had more winning seasons than them. We've been to the finals more than, than the Celtics. You name it. And then just, bro, L.A. Lakers, dog. Like, everybody wants to play for the Lakers, dog. Everybody. They're some of the best players that ever played in the NBA that came here even after they had their their run somewhere else. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, LeBron, Wilt Chamberlain. You name it. Yeah. No, the I, Lakers, the Lakers, way better franchise legacy than the Celtics. Well, let me, let me back up. Let me not be disrespectful. The Celtics have a great franchise legacy. But in the modern era, we have like, in the last 30 years, we have uh, uh, six or seven championships to their one. In in the best era of the NBA, like uh, like Lakers. Celtics legacy is like that too, bro. I don't know. You might be a little biased because you're in LA, but I just told you that my team not good and we're not going to win. The, I just picked the Celtics to win the finals this year. Don't say that. I like that. You're right. Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. That's all the time we have today. Before we go off the uh, show, make sure you guys shout out the caffeine app. Click the start to follow. Make sure to share the broadcast. Click the link. Click the diamond to drop props and support the culture. Um, until next time, I'm Dom. I'm Isaac. And this is Street Ball. We appreciate you guys coming out. Yes, sir.